two McDonald's <laughs> cheeseburgers like so fast, like a teenager. It's great. <laughs> it's fun, right? See, it is. That was I'll a perfect excuse to scarf. <laughs> you know what? I never eat McDonald's, but you always know what you're going to. You, you know exactly what a McDonald's exactly cheeseburger is going to taste like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I know. I've done it. Yeah. Sometimes late at night. You know, back when you could actually go somewhere and it was late at night. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you're out there and you're like, oh shit. I, okay. You know what? I'm going to go to McDonald's. I got to do, do it. it. Yeah. Do let's it. do it. The, uh, yeah, what I'm we would do, do the, the real, the slippery slope for uh, us was Crystal, which your Crystal burgers are these little small, <laughs> uh, sc- yeah. you know, they're like mm-hmm. White Castles. Like castles. Yeah, they're just like they're White exactly castles. the same oh as God, White Castles. Like a castle. sack of yeah. them, yeah. Ten, I'll take ten. A sack of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah I lived in Chicago for uh, eight years, and so I had a White Castle that was uh, uh, three and three-quarter blocks away from where I lived. Mm, you knew exactly uh, and- how far away it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, these people, our listeners didn't pay to hear three old dudes talk about food. Why so let's, uh, let's, get, let's get down to brass tap. We're just going to dive into it, if that's okay with you, uh, Terry. And then yeah, I'll, dive in. I'll introduce the show. I will intro- I'll say a little shit, and then we'll introduce you, and then we'll just go for the races. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. So uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. Yes, it is me. I'm back. Uh, I, I missed that episode last week, but uh, it was great hearing Bobby Joe. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't get to join that, but, uh, you know, sometimes things take precedent. Shit happens. But shit happens. But I am back. Uh, Barry, we have some patrons. We have some new patrons. We do. We have some new a uh, dollar uh, patrons, which who we really appreciate. But we have a new three dollar patron who I will give a shout out to now. It's M- Mikey Knight, and they actually uh, she actually messaged me. She said, "Good luck with my name," but I'm going to say Mikey because it's M I E K E. Yeah, Mike. M I E K E. Mika. It could be Mika, but I'm, I'm saying Mikey. Go. Whatever. Miss Knight, but uh, anyway, she became a patron. She went to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and became a patron of the show. Uh, and we appreciate all of our patrons. Thank you so much. It is awesome to have you. Uh, so we have a special guest. I'm really excited about our guest tonight, Barry. Very good. I'm really excited. Let's welcome to the show Mr. Terry James Graham. Welcome, Terry. Hey, to the hey, show. hey, hey. Hello, gentlemen. It's uh, <laughs> it's absolutely great to be here. Oh, good. I'm Very glad. Good. And yeah, I'm I'm just gonna fanboy on you a little, uh, Terry. For those of you who don't know, Terry is a drummer. <laughs> was a uh, drummer for the Legendary Bags, for the Legendary Gun Club. He played on the first uh, fucking three Gun Club records: Fire of Love, Miami, and Las Vegas Story. Yeah. Uh, author of the uh, recent, uh, and he's still alive. He's still <laughs> amazingly still alive. <laughs> Yes. Author of the recent book, uh, Punk Like Me, which is really hard to find, Terry. We're going to have to discuss that, but it's, it's yeah, very we'll hard to get a hold we'll, of. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll talk about All that. Right, we'll know. talk about that. And uh, <laughs> a, 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 a designer now, a, a clothing designer. Go figure. I know. It's, just, got, it's uh, incredible, isn't it? It's just Terry amazing. Wear, you wake yeah. up one day. <laughs> Terrywearclothing.com. <laughs> We've got some cool stuff. So we'll talk about all that. But now, okay. but that, that we're not here to talk about that. Although I do, I have one quick question before we get there. Because mm-hmm. I saw, the, the first time I saw the Gun Club, it was a legendary show for us down in South Florida. Because uh, this uh-huh. guy named Richard Shelter was a, a promoter. And he, and he had this little club called Blitz that was very short-lived in Hialeah of all places, yeah. And he he flew because on the on the uh, recommendation of Charlie Pickett, which Charlie Pickett uh, had a band, Charlie Pickett and the Eggs, and he said, "Oh, you got to get uh, this band, the Gun Club, down here." So you guys, uh, the Gun Club came down, and played at this club in Hialeah. He actually flew them down, 1983. 
of um, July 1983. So I think, mm. I know you left and came back, so I mm. don't know that you played drums in that show. I, I'm thinking maybe you didn't. I did not, because right. there was that, that brief period, one of them, when uh, it, it, we had just got back from a tour. Um, uh, everybody in Gun Club was always one foot in, one foot out. You yeah, know, right. it just seemed like it. The dynamic with Jeff, and uh, but but that's when I said, okay, you know what? Either I have to quit or I have to take a break. But I, I I'm just okay. I'm gonna quit. Okay, fine. I'll quit. <laughs> and, um, and so I did. And then D uh, D Pop. Uh, from the Bush yeah, Tetris, who's right, a great drummer. Right, yeah. He was, yeah, he was really good. And then, of course, Jim Duckworth, yeah. uh, who's just a fantastic guitar player. And uh, so th they were there for a European tour and a few little spot dates uh, in the U.S. I mean, it wasn't, it just was a few months. Right. And then after that was over, because I heard a lot of stories from the, the European uh, version of all that, and apparently it was just a kind of a drunken blowout. Mm. And uh, Patricia being just such a such a nail to the floor stable human being yes. that she was <laughs> she was able to weather that storm you know yeah, being I... right in the middle of it but but those other two guys uh they they were just uh, uh well i don't know they were just we didn't sign up for that shit guys, they said you know? <laughs> yeah right <laughs> right so after it was over they came back i got a call from jeff and he said uh you want to come back sure and i was just like uh yeah Okay. okay. When do we show up? You know, when's the next rehearsal? Right. So it was almost, it was just because I had known Jeff for years before that. So for he and I, you know, it, it was, it, we're almost like brothers in a way. It was just like, yeah. oh, okay, we had a little spat. All right, come on back. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. And then, what and are we then gonna do? yeah. And then you got to be on Las Vegas Story too, which I love too. It's, it's, it's such a great record yeah. also. But I missed, yeah, I missed being able to play there. I always thought at some point we're going to go down to Miami. We're going to play somewhere. Yeah. Because we go to Atlanta. And then keep going up, and I, I, can't, you know, I would look at the map, and I'm going, wait it's a minute, it's a long, long drive. Yeah, it's a long drive. That's why it was so amazing to get the gun club at all. Yeah, it, and it, you were yeah, they came by airplane, which yeah, tells you it was you. hard to get bands down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. but we didn't. Well, uh, but we, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about yeah. the record. What is the record that you brought to that record? Got me. I, I really hope it's the record that me and Barry listened to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I hope it is too. It is uh, Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. Oh. Uh, the greatest hits. Oh boy. Um, you We've know, it's only half an error. album. It's the greatest yeah, hits. Right. What can I say? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's uh, Bobby Goldsboro. Uh, no, it's <laughs> oh, he got us with the two. Bobby Goldsboro, is that what he said? Yeah. 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 All right, all right, I'll stop. He had helmet hair, um, didn't he? I think he did. Uh, he yeah. did. Yeah. He had helmet hair. <laughs> he had one of the best versions. I, you know, it's just like such a great thing. You just slip it off and slip it back yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> put it back on its but, styrofoam stand and, you know. Yeah, it doesn't move. You don't have to do anything. It'll yeah. last a thousand years. A long time. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, it's uh, Hendrix's second album, Axis, Old as Love, oh, which was God. recorded in 67, yeah. but uh, came out in 68, and, and I bought it when I was 12 years old, oh, okay. because I, I, right. I bought the first one. So for me, that's what this album is. It's kind of a... It's kind of like, you know, after the Beatles and Britpop and everything in the mid-60s and yeah. that sort of thing. Well, this was my launching pad right. into not just like a different musical framework or dynamic or, or uh, let's say rock and roll dynamic but but th th there's almost something with every single one of those songs almost a lyric in every one of them that for whatever reason just stuck with me 
as opposed to the lyrics and everything, you know, in uh, Are You Experienced? I mean, yeah. I love that record. Sure. But right. I didn't go around quoting things from Foxy Lady. Yeah, Lady's, this is a different, um, you know, he definitely had a, just a huge leap in his lyrical writing between yeah, the two records. Songwriter. I feel like, yeah, a lot of people yeah. say he came into his own as def- a songwriter. Def- as a songwriter, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's almost like, yeah, to me, it's almost like he stepped aside and said, okay, our experience, yeah, I get it. Psychedelic, yeah, hippies, yeah, 67, oh, yeah, it's exploding everywhere. Okay, hold on, guys. So we're going to go over here. Now, I know there was a lot of rush to get this record out. Yeah. And there was some pressure to do that. But Chad Chandler, you know, was just such a good shepherd about keeping him on the road. And, and, and Hendrix and he had just had a great rapport, apparently. And uh, but, but to me, it's not that. To me, first of all, it's an R&B album. That's what I always thought it was. It sounds it's yeah, just an R&B sure, album. Yeah, sure, yeah. Well, Hendrix you know, is an I, R&B performer. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's at, not at a core, psychedelic you know, he's a, he's hippie a, thing. No, he's a, he's the yeah, guitarist for Little Richard and the Isley Brothers, and you yeah. know, um, right? It's, it's 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 so there, but it to me it just shows itself. Yeah, uh, even more with this record, and I just always got the feeling like, well, this is just this is a private little universe mm. that Hendrix was creating. And okay, it may not be in this sort of commercial framework, or it may not be part of the larger flow of what he was and what he meant at the time. But it's a beautiful, I thought, always thought, personal statement. I thought it, it's 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 still kind of rough around the edges. It's yeah. not like sure. you know overproduced no. or, or anything. And and oh my God, the drums, the drums yeah, to right. me, Mitch, yeah, Mitch just uh, he did so many unique things in this record. And I still think about them, you know. It's like, why can't I have a song that sounds like that so nah, I can play yeah. that? Yeah. Now, were you already <laughs> you were know? you already playing drums when you got it at twelve? So probably not, right? You didn't. Uh... I did. Well, no, I did. I was playing drums in the. Uh, uh, I started. Pl- I started taking lessons in sixth grade when oh, I lived wow. in Denver, <laughs> and because uh, a friend of mine um, uh, named Kevin Smith, he 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 played drums. His dad owned a jazz nightclub in Denver. And he was one of those classic mid-60s, had the goatee, even had a big tiki fountain mm. in his living room. Mm-hmm. He lived yeah. pretty large. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he had the, the girlfriend with the, 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 the loose clothes and the yeah. swinging yeah, things and the, and the see-through stuff and all that. And um, um, so Kevin always thought I went over to see him, but of course it was... Just, yeah, no. Yeah, the girlfriend. His, yeah. his girlfriend. His girlfriend. Yeah. Is she coming around? <laughs> Yeah. Is she sitting on the couch the way she was doing it last yeah, time? Just so right. okay, all right, I'm there. I understand yeah. completely. Yeah. yeah. So but but it was just it was such a there was such a cool factor involved with all that and Kevin and I were really good friends and uh so I started taking lessons and I just started playing in like school orchestras and, and you know, just doing sort of that thing. There was never a band or anything um outside of that, although I would hear them you know the whole cliched uh, listen to bands practice from their garages. Oh sure, yeah, no, uh, in yeah, the sixties, sure. yeah, you could hear those all the time. Yep. Yeah, so, um, and you were in you anyway. Were, you were in Denver at that point. I, I was in Denver, yeah, yeah, and okay. uh, that's where Kevin actually asked me over one day. He said, "When are are you experienced?" Came out, and that's when also I smoked my first cigarette, and it's also when I threw up for the first time on his driveway ah. uh, after smoking that cigarette, <laughs> and. Um, I didn't feel guilty about walking away from it or not telling him. I just thought, I'm sick. I just had a cigarette. I'm going home. Yeah. So I got on my bicycle and rode home. But, well, you know, yeah, according I, to uh, according to Canned Heat, the police in Denver, they don't like them long hairs hanging around. 
You're, no, you're um, familiar with that song, My um, My no. Crime? It's a great candy song about Denver, where they apparently had a very unpleasant experience with the law enforcement in the city, um, and uh, wrote, I, a, wrote a wrote a classic tune about it. Wow, I I didn't know, but I, I actually have some firsthand experience with that. Because, <laughs> That's what uh, yeah. I was leading up to. <laughs> yeah, now that you you brought that up, I'm so glad you did, um, because uh, what a perfect segue into what I'm about to say. <laughs> Unplanned as it is, but I. Um, in 1967, I went to the Denver Pop Festival. Mm. Now, Denver, I don't know if they had the Broncos then yet or not. I, I, I can't remember. I don't think so. But this was a baseball stadium, and I, it was like a mid-sized baseball stadium. Yeah. And uh, so they had they had it there. Um, I I could not go Saturday night because and Jimi Hendrix was headlining. Oh, I couldn't wow. get tickets. Yeah. So. I had to go Friday night, and Credence Clearwater Revival was yeah, headlining. Okay. Yeah, well, there you which go. Which was yeah. a bit of a letdown. Oh, but, what was it? So, oh, okay. I well, figured that I had would, to leave. I, yeah. I had to leave at 11 o'clock and, like, halfway through their set. Oh, so. okay. Um, but we're sitting there, and, of course, we're pretty high up in the stadium, the, the $10 nosebleed seats. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> oh, I were, noticed. I, thought, I wondered if you were pretty high up in well, the stadium. I'll, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you said that. That's the second <laughs> wow, thing you're I'm just, glad you're you just said. Him, Barry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, because as my friend and I, Peter, uh, were up there kind of surveying this countercultural yeah. panoply of air uh, and, uh, and, and smoke, we noticed commotion um, kind of, you know, off to the right, pretty far. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, there was a big fence. And it looked like the classic sort of, here was a bunch of fans, or we were just a bunch of hippies, because we were actually kind of making fun of them. Uh, we were too young to be that. Right. But, so there they were, trying to get in, and there a bunch of cops were on the other side, mm. uh, and this fence started to wave back and forth, mm. until finally the hippies sort of pushed it over, and then that's when the tear gas started oh, to fly. Yeah. Right. And then waves of clouds of tear gas found our found their way to our faces. And let me tell you, tear gas really stings. Yeah, but I've re- yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, but but after that, joints would be passed down the rows, ah. and I, and and they would pass one to me, and I'm just kind of look at it like <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, right. Here, Peter, you take it. But this what happened: left to right, right to left. And I'm just sort of looking around at everybody, you know, their heads are bobbing, permanent smiles on their face, and I'm getting a serious contact eye. Yeah. And pretty soon, my head is bobbing, and there's a, you know, a hardwired grin on my face. Yeah. And uh, I'm just sort of, you know, enjoying the uh, countercultural uh, revolution uh, uh, here while Poco was playing of all bands. Well, you know, um, I, I, in, in their defense, Poco was not <laughs> terrible. There were they did, not everything they okay. did was terrible. It was. Uh, I didn't think it was so bad. Uh, yeah. But I was stoned, so there you go. It was no Jimmy. Um, Hend- it was no. Jimmy it was Hendrix. no Jimmy Hendrix experience. <laughs> Let's no, be clear. But but Johnny Winter came on. Set, Ooh, came on mm, after that. Oh, wow. Yeah, Johnny Winter rocks. Okay, that was better. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. I remember a lot of power, yeah. a lot of virtuosity coming from that stage. Yeah, and then uh, and a really boy, crazy looking guy, like a guy that and a looks crazy like looking guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, character. he was already. 
Yeah, he was like white on white, and then when the yeah. the white spotlights shone on him, he was he was almost ether. He yeah, it's like he drifted down from the clouds <laughs> or something. You know? Yeah, he was, he was shining. Um, yes, but, <laughs> he could really anyway, play. So. So, so yeah, so I that was my introduction to the cops in uh, uh, Denver. And, yeah. Uh, so did you, know. you after? Did, did you ever get uh, get a chance to see Jimmy uh, live? Did you ever get a chance? To see I didn't. Him? I didn't. Oh, I didn't get yeah. to. Well, no. I only no, know. I, I know one person that saw him live, and one, one of our previous yeah. guests, Mike Kostick, uh from the Velvet Underground Appreciation Society. Oh yeah, he's at Woodstock. He was at Woodstock. <laughs> he's really. You, old. Oh my god. Okay. You can wow. actually see him in the. <laughs> Oh, I think he's. I think he's about the same same age as as Terry. I think oh, he, he was. Yeah, he was young. He, he was, was young he was really when he went young. to his. So he's, oh yeah, he's fifty two. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love uh, that. If you can make that you math can, work. Cool. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yes, I guess uh, we always uh, give it a to our guests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, Mike old, is. You're as old as you want to be. Mike Terry. is Thank visible. You. Mike is visible in the Woodstock film when Hendrix lifts his guitar up to play with his teeth during the Star Spangled Banner. You can look through the crook of Hendrix's arm, and there's this guy with this floppy hat <laughs> bobbing his head out in the audience, so, and that's Mike. Wow. And I remember the first time he showed it to me, he was like, there I am. And I was like, damn, dude. Yeah. Wow. You were dude, there. I know. You were in Jimi Hendrix's armpit. That's <laughs> basically, cool, yeah, that's man. Basically, that's basically true. All right. So, Terry, wow. so when you got this, though, yeah. you were already a... A fan like of Jimi Hendrix, right? You had heard the first records. You were a fan, so but this record, yes. I mean, I, I know the, the thing is, it probably has something to do with you, like you being twelve years old and you get it. And you know, some records just sort of get yeah. inside under your skin. And and I could definitely yeah. see this record being that type of record because I do feel I, I agree what you said. I feel like there's so much of Hendrix in this record. Plus, like he this puts record so much is really himself. brave because it's a slow burn. Like you yeah, would think that's the right. second record, you're going to start off with some slamming heavy thing, right? And, and he does, yeah. It so takes you probably, three songs. It's yeah. the third song before you get any sort of exactly, classic Hendrix. Where it sounds like something classic. Yeah. Well, you should. The first one you could just play underneath what we talk about because it's basically it's a little a fun little opening skit with uh, with um, uh-huh. with Mitch uh, Mr. Yeah. Paul, and yeah, Mr. Paul Caruso. Mitch, Mitch Mitchell. Yeah. Mitch Mitchell's doing the uh, intro. Introduce him, right? And then, yeah, he introduces right. Hendrix as Paul Caruso, who apparently was a harmonica player and a friend of Jimmy's. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank Talk you. Talk about dodgy subjects, about, uh, like, UFOs. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's funny. And yes. you know what? It reminds me, when I'm listening, when I was re- revisiting this record and listening to it, I always, uh, I, I'm reminded how much Prince, like, loved oh, Jimi Hendrix yeah. and took from Hendrix. Because, you know, Prince would love to do that. Oh, he God, put little yeah. skits right. in the songs. And, he, and there were so many things, yeah. you, you know. And not not like he was stealing from him. You could tell he just loved, no, he loved it. Hendrix. He loved him. Yeah, and he, for sure. He loved it, yeah. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, and, and, and there's yeah, some can, really I mean, industrial guitar noise on that track as well. Yeah. Where yeah. Hendrix is, is just feedback and in pushing the pickups. Industrial, to, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, panning. Well, it was to me... Yeah, it's like, and 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 I've read this elsewhere too, but uh, over time, uh, but but it was a reality for me that Hendrix and his feedback, he was using feedback, he he was corralling feedback. Yeah, you know that was not just noise that was sort of, you know, before that it it it, it you know it might be a scream out of a uh, an amp or whatever, but but I mean it was a separate instrument for yeah. for Hendrix. Sure. And, uh, one of the disappointing things about not being able to see him live, you know, it was just a, 
<laughs> yeah. hear, uh, you know, how hear, he could how damage he could my ears. That. Exactly. Yeah, and and uh, and but it, but it's it's evident on this record, you know, in a number of cases. I mean, he's in the studio and he's already marshalling this this uh, this noise, so to speak, you know, into something kind of definable, into something that supports what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, you know, just just another kind of uh, uh, but but like the lyrics in in that song. Um, uh, up from the skies, it, it, one of those lyrics that just stuck with me, uh, for whatever reason, is just uh, I just want to know what's behind your mind. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's, let's when you're 12 uh, let's years old, let's go ahead and play that track. Yeah, so let's do a yeah. little let's bit of, of uh, "Up from the Skies." I heard some you got your families living in cages, tall and cold. Some just stay there and dust away past the age of old. Is this true? Please let me talk to you. I just want to know about the rooms behind your minds. Do I see a vacuum? Or am I going blind? Or is it just a remains for vibrations echoes long ago? Things like love the world and let your fancy flow. Is this true? So cool, but yeah, like you said, Barry. Still, the first he's got that first, like the noisy one, and then this little jazzy, jazzy slow burner sh- bl- yeah. shuffle yeah. blues, like a blues ninth blues shuffle. That you yeah. know, it's kind of I think um, it threw people off. You know, that totally uh, threw them off. And there's there's Mitch playing brushes, right? Brushes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, and and as a as a budding drummer, I just. I love that because you know my orientation with brushes was to jazz music, and and uh, yeah. Kevin's dad again being the jazz drummer. So I it, it really immediately it was like oh man that's so cool he's using brushes on this song which is just not rock and roll, um, right. not psychedelic rock and roll if that's what this was. Right. And I, again it just made it so unique and uh, you know one of those things that it made Mitch Mitchell for me so inspiring because he would do. Yeah, plus it also like sort of uh, Hendrix. The first two songs, Hendrix was a, a science fiction fan. He loved science fiction, yeah. and so he's got an EXP the UFO uh, aspect where he's the UFO pilot or, right. or, or something and, like. And this yeah. is the alien <laughs> singing. This is from the point of view of the alien. And this right? is the point yeah. of view of an alien. I've lived here before, the days of ice, yeah. and of course, this is why I'm so concerned. And I come back yeah. to find the stars misplaced and the smell of a world that has burned. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's so fantastic. Yeah. But for me, being 12 years old and uh, no experience with the opposite sex, when, when I hear something like, I just want to see what's behind your mind. It's like, wow, is there <laughs> yeah. something behind their minds? Yeah. Do they have a, a yeah. room back there? Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get trapped in that. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, that but was yeah, always, you know, that, that was always there too with Hendrix too. That was definitely sure. the uh, oh yeah, the cerebral and the uh, and also and the, the carnal, um, the carnal, yes, exactly. Definitely. All right, so now we get now finally the third song. We get one that sounds more like something that could have been on Are yes. You Experienced and a banger. So let's listen to a little bit of Spanish Castle.
travel by my dragonfly. No, it's not in Spain, but all the same, you know it's a good name, and the wind's just right. They were so tight. They were just so tight playing yeah, together. They uh, are. God. And the Mitchell's. lyrics are great. I mean, they're yeah. psychedelic, but they're not they're not goofy. They're right. they're very insightful and very uh, he's using psychedelia for his in, 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 as a tool instead of being so used by, you know, instead of being some sort of trite right. thing. He's, he's really uh, um it's fantastic. He's defining song. it. He's you know, defining it. Exactly. And, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, two things about this song. First of all, it, it it cemented my love of power chords and power. Yeah. Uh, right. And just 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 throwing it out there. I think that's why the Ramones when the Ramones came along, I just I just I took to that yeah. so quickly because it was just it was just smashing my head. Right. And and for whatever reason I, I, I love that. But um, but it's the power in it, and it's the timing in it. I mean, Mitch Mitchell, just his timing was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, when you're playing drums in a song, it's a 4-4 four, four, uh, signature in the, in, in the song. And I love those off, you know, he's, he's taking something that's really normal, but he's playing these off beats. Yeah. And sometimes he could overplay, but, but, but you, there's a tiny little delay yeah. in a drummer's reaction to say when they come back in uh, to a chorus or come back in, in into uh, uh, to anything, um, th- 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 there should be this little fractional delay. And some musicians get it, and some don't. Some try to come in right on time. Yeah. And it always sounds a little forced and a little. And they hurry. sound stiff. They end up sounding stiff. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But that little tiny fraction, and Mitch Mitchell was so good at that. You know this song. Well, Mitch the is verse, playing like a. He's Mitch plays like a jazz drummer. I mean, oh, he's like yeah. a jazz drummer so that's, that's playing what makes rock and it roll. Sound tight yet uh, loose. It's, almost it's, like he comes in behind the beat. Yeah. It sounds like effortless. Yeah, he's playing and behind then, yeah. the beat. He's he's, yeah. he's letting it. He's letting it. He's giving everything. You know, just a little, a little breath, just a tiny breath. It, there. It's a testament to his talent because to be able to kind of you know reel it out a little bit, but then to keep it tight is really difficult to do because it's sort of one instinct is fighting the other you know either you want to keep a really tight groove or if you're going to just say okay let it go that even happened with gun club a few times with jeff but it take one of the songs and let it we'd go seven or eight or nine minutes who knows yeah sure um okay we could just make noise we could just kind of play we're still on the beat but we're you know we're just letting it loose yeah um 
But Mitch Mitchell was really a master at at both of those things, a tightness and a looseness yeah. yes, at exactly, the same time exactly. and really holding that stuff together. And and we so, also uh, got to mention uh, Noel Redding because he's playing an eight-string, uh, I guess he's playing an eight-string Hagstrom bass on this. Oh, band. really? I didn't that know that. Got, yeah. that was, it was very rare at that time. There was only like two yeah. and he had one of them and he's playing it on this. He's amazing. Yeah. Noel, Noel's just incredible. What a bass player yeah. uh, to, to, to play drums with. You know, it's right. just and like... No, and, uh, well, Noel started off as a guitar player so he made the transition yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's to, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So yeah. now we get uh, another great song that's also different sounding and shows that he's sort of expanding his uh, songwriting. Uh, and let's listen to a little bit of Wait Until Tomorrow. <laughs> Backups where there's supposed to be uh, a Dolly May, the character Dolly May in the song singing, but it's yeah, just the, the it's, uh, Mitch, Mitch and Noel, I think, back there. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and of yeah, course, yeah, they a, were, uh, a master class in um, that fluid uh, Hendrix style um, of of just. With the uh, the Stratocaster and that that pick. and his strumming, like his strumming style, the way he does it, it's yeah, so and he's awesome. he's uh, uh, it's like uh, where he's just flowing from one thing to the next in a very uh, you know an effort, what appear, apparently effortless way, but yeah, he had, right. you know he had huge big hands and play he practiced all the time and apparently you know I, I, um, that style of playing originated with Curtis Mayfield and that was something that uh, Curtis right. Mayfield kind of came up with that style and then Hendrix took it and just you know went you know ran down the field with it basically um, yeah I mean the, it, the whole thing to me it's, it's just like a perfect little R&B pop tune it is and um, it's got yeah it's got a sense of humor obviously yeah I it, love it. it's funny because it's like the girl's telling me she, first she's saying wait till tomorrow but then you can see they don't have to wait till tomorrow but then tomorrow never comes because her dad ends up shooting, shooting him shooting him you know your daddy just yeah, shot right. for me and you know yeah. and as I fade hey, away Jimmy. Right. Yeah. Right. Bring us all down more. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, he's about to do that in, uh, you know, in, in another song even worse. But That's right. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Those backing vocals probably, uh, you know, they're all singing a little sharper. 
whatever that grating noise is, but uh, but, but still, it, it, yeah. I, I think they probably yeah. realized it was cool because they could have hired some girls they to could sing, have, yeah. you know, but yeah. they didn't. Yeah. So why didn't uh, they do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Well, like you said, That's, there was a push to yeah. get the record out. Yeah, I mean, get what the did they do out, that? Yeah. They would do that back then, right? Terry, oh, sure. Because if a band hit, like this was recorded. Seven months. It was released in England seven months after <laughs> Are You Experienced? It's insane. So, I mean, it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. They just threw him out. And-, and lyrically, he's also, I think, probably hit, you know, I don't know where his love of Bob Dylan starts, but he mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. had a, he was a tremendous fan of Bob Dylan. And yeah. so... The sophistication of the lyrics and the way and the storytelling, the storytelling, yes, yeah, um, definitely. Uh, there's Dylan's stamp is on that, uh, I think, with, with Hendrix, uh, right. undoubtedly. Um, he was an unabashed fan of, of uh, Dylan, and yeah, Dylan well, was, and Dylan liked Hendrix too so much so and that Dylan liked Hendrix when uh, yeah. uh, all along the Watchtower, Hendrix's version came out. Dylan basically stopped performing it. He said, no, no, "I'm not doing this like that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he started, if, if he did perform it, he would play play it like Hendrix did. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Oh, it, you know, his was just better." Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know. Well, it's like Eddie Kramer, the the engineer on on this, said uh, that uh, he loved the way Hendrix would would paint. Uh, uh, with his lyrics, you know, and yeah. and that, that's the way I always kind of saw him. It's like he's got a paintbrush and he's painting. <coughs> I'd much rather think of it like that. Oh, right. Than some sort of psychedelic, uh, drug-induced whatever. Yeah. Uh, to me, and, and I think it is that. I mean, it really is that. I don't think. I don't think Hendrix. It's like I don't. I, I never thought of him as sitting on a couch. Uh, ingested whatever, dropping, yeah, and dropping acid and writing yeah. these songs. No, no, you're yeah, right. Yeah, and then I, I, I never thought he's thinking and he's he's crafting and he's. You yeah, know, that's he, good. I like. I never heard that painting with his lyrics, but that's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could definitely yeah, picture that. That's great. But he's painting. You know, he's yeah. it's, it's not like he's throwing water balloons at a canvas. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Um, you know, like, so now this next one is kind of like one of those effortless little jams that I feel like these guys at this point could play in their sleep. Yeah, but it's still great. Uh, yeah. Listen to a little bit of Ain't No Telling. Just now, I realized it actually is more sophisticated than I thought, but they just make it seem so effortless. There's that that one breakdown there, which rhythmically is really complicated. And if you say that, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, It's kind of crazy. Um, Obviously, it's something that Hendrix was like, here, I'm going to play this. And and the rhythm section has to go, 
oh, okay, I guess we better figure out what we're going to do there because it's really yeah. uh, 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 um, odd, odd rhythmically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Mitch, a drummer has choices. You know, when that kind of thing happens, either you can play behind it and sort of support it and emphasize it, or you can just let the guitar, uh, the vocals, whatever's going on up there, you can let that carry the day or carry the rhythm, and then you just stay straight behind it. But that's just not what Mitch did. He loved to kind of step in and emphasize these things, and it's it's dangerous because it's so easy to overplay or, or to sound like you're overplaying when you do that. Mm-hmm. But he just had a deft touch yeah. to any kind of rhythmic difference or anything that was peculiar he was just so on it his timing was so good that to me it, it, it just it sounds indispensable yeah. and i think a song like that my orientation to a lot of these things too is is uh since i played live so many times is what would that be like to play live okay yeah. on record it might not sound like much <laughs> right. fun yeah but live it'd be really yeah. cool i don't know whether ways. ain't no telling ever was I don't Probably recall not. not part of no, the live repertoire. You know what? There's only two songs that they really played consistently, and that was the first, the first song, and this next one, um, which is uh, beautiful. Uh, this is like one of my favorite Hendrix songs for sure. Ever. And it's just yeah. like just an amazingly beautiful song. Let's listen to a little bit, and then we'll talk about Little Wing. It's hard to do it. I mean, you know, it's it's like if, if Jimi Hendrix can record a song with a glockenspiel in it, so can I. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Well, the, the term I for mean, his guitar playing that, I, that I, I, I wanted to look it up and make sure I was using the right term so I don't sound like an idiot, was legato. There's a legato. Flat, it's that smooth flowing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's yeah. it's on this record where he really utilizes that on a lot of the tunes where it becomes oh that's that's the you know that's Hendrix's 
that's his rhythmic style of playing. Yeah, it yeah, becomes, yeah. Uh, um, and he can do that and sing at the same time. So you go, you know what? It's just, it's just insane. Oh my god! And and as yeah. beautiful as the music is in this, it, it, his lyrics are just as beautiful. Beautiful. Sort of, I guess. So the vibe of the 1967 Monterey Pop Festival was the inspiration for yeah. this, and he's sort of describing it as if it was a woman. Like the whole vibe of the festival huh. was a woman. Huh. So, well, she's walking through the clouds with a circus mind that's running around, butterflies and zebras and moonbeams and a fairy tales. That's all she ever thinks about riding with the wind. It's just like so, it, like you said, it paints, he's painting with the words. Painter. Yeah, yeah. And it's, he's take, he's uh, take, Picasso. Take anything <laughs> you want from me. It's just, it, when he hits that line... That's where that's like the punchline of the song, yeah, you know. Right. You can have anything you want. I'll yeah. give it to you. It's it's and, a it's and, here. You know, I was thinking about this. If you read about Hendrix, by he always had issues with women, like you know, sure. relationships yeah. and everything. Uh, but I feel like Dolly Dagger. Yeah. He probably he. This is how he expressed himself and his love and everything through his yeah. music and songs. But he probably Definitely. couldn't do it in real life. Well, but he could do it. Right. Remember like this, music. this. This all takes place in a three year period of time, which is insane. Three and a half a year period of time. Right. Right. And so there's this compressed, you know, timeline of this entire career takes place and the kind of people that were, you know, around and constant pressure of touring and recording. No time. He was taking, you know, it's known that he was taking speed to stay awake during the day and taking downers to sleep at night. Um, Just it's not it's not it's not conducive to healthy Emotional no. relationships. Yeah, right. Well, With that's not people. good Christian living, right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no! Not, yeah, not only that, it just is—it's just impossible, you know, because you're going to attract people that that's going to attract users, you yeah. know, people who well, wanna, imagine it. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, the height of you know 1967, 68, and there he is, and so imagine all the, the, the kind of people that were just draped all over him yeah. and, and he's right. fighting so hard to find some space that he yeah. can continue to create and expand i mean you know um uh but but i did want to say one little thing and again back to mitch mitchell um but uh in in that song little wing so that we had the intro with the guitar and and it's a beautiful lyrical kind of thing you know and it's a slow pace and then when mitch comes in it's kind of busy Right at first, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's like sure. this uh, busy thing. But then he slows it down mm-hmm. right at the end of that drum when he when he brings the rest of the song in. He slows it down and just carries it right into the rest of the song. Right, I, it's right. a little thing, but I, it's just a touch. A small touch that I loved about that's him, what, you know, the way he could do that. Yeah, that's what makes drummer. It's a, I, I, you know, I think of uh, not that it's necessarily the same style, but uh, Keith Moon had the same thing where you'd say, well, if any other drummer played as busy as he did, you would be impossible. You wouldn't want to play with him; it'd be right. horrible. But somehow yeah. right. he had the touch and the finesse, yeah. and he knew he, how to play a song. He, where he knew he how would to make play with work. Jimi Hendrix so much so that yeah. he l- he left or was. Hendrix used a different band for a period of time, the band of Gypsies. Yeah, yeah. Gypsies, yeah. And then toward at the end, then he, after that, uh, Mitch realized, came. Mitch yeah. came back, and yeah. so Mitch was with Hendrix. Like Terry coming back to the Gun Club. There you go. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Two, three times. You can't. Keep, well, right. Mitch, can't keep Mitch listened. 
he listened to the music and that's all it is you just listen yes, to it right, you're not right. playing against it you're not playing on top of it you're not playing in your own little universe you're just listening to that right. and how do you want to deal with that is the thing you know you can either you can be complicated if if you want nine times out of ten it's it's, it's far better to just be simple but 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 just hear it right. you know right. and then and then your inspiration flows from that and that's what mitchell did i mean he was he was really a good technically he was a great drummer oh yeah um or better than me but uh, but well, uh, yeah. but yeah he definitely had great uh, gr- great hands and great ears yep. yeah all right so let's uh, let's take a little break uh, we're about halfway through let's re- refill our cocktails I don't know if you're what you're doing over there in Orange County I don't know what's the what, what do you drink there like um, uh, it's called a, a uh, uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's called an eight ounce diet coke. Okay? Oh, okay, there you nice. go. Well, there you go. Hey, whatever works for you, Terry. Well, it's, right. you know, so we're yeah, it's not even six p.m. It's not even six p.m. in LA. Right, so. yeah, no, I gotta go eat. You know. Okay. Sure, All right. Man. So we're uh, we're talking to Terry Graham. We're talking about Jimi Hendrix experience. Uh, this is that record got me high. We'll be back in a minute. of society at is this tomorrow.com a modern plague with no end in sight at is this tomorrow.com a man in a bear costume asking questions at is this tomorrow.com written and produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane at is this tomorrow.com This tomorrow.com. Um, yeah, all right, so if you're ready, let we're me good. Just get yeah, back sure. Yeah, good, sure. Man. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. All right, we are back. This is That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. And we are talking to Terry Graham about the Jimmy Hello? Hendrix's. Hello? Terry, yeah. you there? Did you lose Yes, us? I'm here. Oh, I'm okay. Here. Ah. I was just giving no, up. I didn't a, run. A jape, a jape, <laughs> I guess. He's, he's yeah. hopped up on that Diet Coke, Barry. <laughs> yeah. I'm hopped up. Oh, man. I'm, I am hopped up. I'm yeah. amped up. I, they, I'm they, just... they take the sugar out, but they, they don't oh, take I, the caffeine. I thought he meant Diet Coke maybe like it had been stepped on an extra time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So now we get, uh, in the song, we get another great composition by him about uh, Sinister this one the dark freedom, but it's also about the freedom of yeah. doing your own thing so I really I love that yeah yes. but there's a dark yes. there's a yes. darkness a dark undercurrent there in is six was uh, okay well let's listen to it Yeah. 
Conservative flashing down the street, pointing their plastic finger at me. They hope that soon my kind of drop and die, but I'm gonna wave my Greek flag. All right, so before we get into anything else, I just want to ask you guys: Do you do you notice that um, the how much the Stops and the hi hats. It reminds me of Black Sabbath's War Pigs, which came out oh, three years yeah. later. Oh yeah, they Sabbath I, was totally. They, Tony Omi must have like heard oh, this. I'm and, sure and they cool, did. Right? Uh-huh. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Look, the Hendrix. Like yeah. I think I said it. God, when did I talk about Hendrix? Just the I last. Said, uh, the last couple of episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I said anybody who heard it. You, it's, it's it, it changes your DNA. You can't unhear it. You're right. like, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> you know, you, you and you start doing that, and you don't realize, oh, well, I basically, you know, hijacked this off the off Mitch Mitchell or off uh, off Jimi Hendrix or, or Noel Redding or whatever. But it's it's there. Yeah. And so, so when yeah. you know you sit down to play a blues song after 1968 or 67 in a rock and roll band, <laughs> you're not only having to cope with Cream, you're having to cope with the Jimi Hendrix experience and yeah. the way they did things and um, changed the vocabulary. It's like, oh, there's a new language and you got to learn it. This so is what it. is a 12, so Terry, what does a 12 year old Terry Graham think of that when he hears this song? Like what's going on in your head? Okay. Well, that song, yeah, that song was significant because, uh, uh, you know, it being an easy rider as well. I remember singing yeah. that at the drive-in. And, yeah. And, uh, but, but that song definitely had a lasting impression. First of all, those first two notes, are like a challenge. Yeah, like, it's it's like you talking to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly and, right. And uh, oh well, let me tell you what. Pay I don't care. Pay it, attention. It's, six, it's, nine, it's saying. I don't care if the mountains fall yeah. 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 I don't care. I don't care because uh, I'm going to let my freak flag fly. Of course, we know about that. Yeah. But it was just. Um, I I'm not going to copy you. I've got my I'm gonna own be, world I'm gonna, to live my through, own world to live and I'm not going to copy. I'm not going to copy you. Yeah, and that that just that's that's been my that's been it for me for ever since then. That really stuck with me. Ah, like okay. you know, I don't give a damn. I don't care. I got my own world to live through, and I'm not going to copy you. But I to mean, me, this is it. Hendrix. This is Hendrix talking in a way. He's speaking in that in a forceful way to someone or to some audience. That and some to some pressure in his life to do something that he doesn't to be something he doesn't want to be, right. and so he gets continuous pressure from record label and from management and from whatever to oh we have to do this we have to do this we have to do this and then he's got pressure from at this time there's tremendous societal upheaval where people want him to be a hero for this this thing or that thing or the other thing right and he's saying fuck you i'm gonna this is my this is my life i'm gonna live it the way that you know that's true to me because there and that's the darkness in it is the anger the pointing like okay you listen now um i've had enough of this 
Yeah, that's it. It's the it's the bottom line. That's how the I'm gonna I'm gonna be this, and yeah, I, exactly. I don't I don't care what you're gonna do. And and it really was a, you know, it was really standing up on the on a stage, so to speak, a, like a societal stage. Yeah. And saying this is it for me. This is what I'm gonna do. There's probably gonna be a lot of other people that have that that same feeling, but but there's a break here. Yeah. Well, and, he mentions that he mentions the hippies. He says. Yeah. Hippies cut right. off all their hair. Yeah, too. Right. I, I don't care. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's which is not great. Me. It's really powerful him saying that. And yeah, also, cut I, it off, dude. I, I, <laughs> I, I also looked it up because when he said my my freak flag high, I'm gonna wave my freak flag high. I think of the Crosby, Stills and Nash uh, song, the David Crosby song, but that came out after. Oh so, yeah, no, so no. That came just, out, when he said, yeah. "I feel like letting my freak flag by David Crosby," he, that was after. Oh Hendrix yeah, Hendrix so, is yeah, definitely the originator of. Yeah, flying your freak flag because yeah. you know he's a. Well, for one thing, he's he grew up. He's a, a black kid from Seattle. Have you ever been to yeah. Seattle? Yeah. yeah. How many black people do you see in Seattle? Oh, I know. Still, yeah, not, not yeah, a lot. So, well, and he had uh, he had that uh, uh, Cherokee uh, yeah. Indian heritage oh, as well. Exactly. That, that, right. Which you know, mean? apparently, um, he wanted that to be. Uh, or is that depicted on the cover? I know uh, we, it ended up we didn't mention the else. cover that he did not like the cover at all. Like the, the, yeah. they didn't have the band had no say. The record nope. company did that uh, thing which it, uh, depicted the experience as various forms of Vishnu superimposed yeah. on top of a like a mass produced religious poster, and they made that the cover. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was not happy with right. that. Right, <laughs> it's like who's on drugs? Well, it's not Hendrix. It's not the band. It's whoever the artist was. Well, right. <laughs> well, okay. I don't think that was, you know, yeah, that wasn't uncommon at the time. It wasn't uncommon no. right. until bands started doing their own artwork, you yeah, know, until yeah. they said, you know, oh, here's the, you know, that they would have somebody. Here's your cover. Here's your cover. And if, <laughs> yeah. you, if you got here's lucky, you got lucky they hired like hypnosis to do it. Right. And if you yeah. didn't, they hired the guy who did that. Right. Or a Big Dipper yeah, yeah. that did the yeah. Big Dipper thing when they told oh, him, Oh, somebody's intern. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so now we flip the record over and we got an- another one of these great riff songs, but one that you feel like they could play in their sleep riff. But yeah, pretty much. But it's cool. Uh, let's yeah. Until you got me floating. Well, you got me floating around and round. Always up, you never let me down. The amazing thing, you turn me on naturally. And I kiss you when I please. You got me floating across and through. You made me float right on up to you. There's only one thing I need to really get to me there. Is to hear you laugh without a care. What I'll say now. Yeah, it's a it's a sort of you know garden variety sixties uh, a pop song with Hendrix playing incredible guitar, right, right, and, and <laughs> some cool backward right. stuff going on some towards cool the end. Backward stuff backwards going stuff. for sure, and a little bit well, of I, um, you, you, there's a he uses that the rhythmic motif. He uses that again 
on um, on um, Electric Ladyland, but the, something about it reminds me of of summertime. You da- like your daddy's rich and your mama's good looking. There's something about the cadence of that in "You Got Me Floating," where he he's uh, talking about this you know this person and this um, he's describing this this woman and using that kind of uh, classic um, yeah, yeah classic thing. I, I, I exactly and and uh, uh, and underneath that, I love the way Mitch starts it out with that two-handed yeah. snare slap. There's actually yeah. a technical term for that. It's called a flam. There you go. Yeah. Uh, when you we've never had, we've never had a competent drummer on the show to actually talk about. <laughs> Real yes, yes. Actually, That's no. A flam. I, t- I take that back. Woody, our friend Woody, who's been on the show, would know what a flam is. Right. Yes, he would know what a flam is. It's kind of like. You know, you hit you, you hit the drum at the same time, but it, not exactly at the same time. You just, just can't a little, actually yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah just, just a little, a little. off because a snare skin won't allow you to do that. It you actually <laughs> anyway. We could we could go on all night about that. But um, that, Mitch, uh, that obviously um, Mitch was Mitch was a trained drummer. He knew. Oh, he was he he definitely knew what he was doing. But the fact that he started it out, but then kept playing it during the verse yeah now the, for a drummer that's really fun because what you're doing by slamming it like that you create so much tension yeah. and when you get to the chorus you know you just really let it loose so that's another one of those songs that i love i would have loved to have played live yeah that would have been fun whether they ever did or not who knows right but right. i love creating that tension just beating on it it's as primitive as you can get uh, and then in the chorus you just you just let it out you know you just ah release yeah um, so, uh, you know, flam. Right. Remember, it's, a, it's a tension, flam. tension, tension, and release. That's right. The flams you keep building, will you keep tension. building up that tension, with just like, just you know, yeah. and, and then right. and if, and all it, you young drummers that will probably never get to play live again, uh, just take that. Well, away. you know, um, it'll happen. It'll right. happen. So right. now we get, now we move on to one of his most beautiful story songs. Oh yeah, I love this song. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you were mentioning. Um, Terry about his mom uh, was a Cherokee uh, Indian, and he pays homage to her and in, 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 yeah. to his heritage in this a little bit in the second verse. Listen to the beautiful right. castles made of sand. Yeah. Down the street, you can hear a scream, you're a disgrace, and she slams the door in his trumpet face. And now he stands outside And all the neighbors start to gossip and drool He cries, oh girl, you must be mad What happened to the sweet love you and me had? Against the door he leans and starts a scene And his tears fall and burn in garden green And so castles made of sand Fall in the sea Eventually into the sea.
young girl whose heart was a frown Cause she was crippled for life And she couldn't speak a sound And she wished and prayed she could stop living So she decided to die Ah, such a beautiful Oh, three little vignettes Yeah, right, yeah, I love it It's like a, it's like a short story collection, you know Yeah um, And he's he just talks about you know impermanence and and sadness and sorrow oh, in a way. Oh, the last one is such a heartbreaker. Oh the young yeah. girl, yeah, uh, because yeah. she was crippled for life and she couldn't speak a sound. And then she takes her. Um, yeah. Oh my God! And then she takes her wheelchair to the edge of the shore. <laughs> oh my! It's like yeah, heartbreaking. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I know. Yeah, and it's it, you know when you're 12 years old and you're. Listening to that, I mean, it's it's it was kind of like, uh, oh wow, Jimmy, damn, what's this, man? Uh, yeah, so, so um, and, 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 too much for your little twelve-year-old head, right? Yeah, 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 yeah I know, but yeah. it sticks with you. It still, right. it has an effect. It, it again, it, it it paints that that picture, and and you know, you just sort of leave with it or, or walk away from it with a kind of a kind of an angst, you know. And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, well, things are a little more complicated maybe than they seem. I don't know, but right. Uh, but but I, I still love the song. I I, I just you can't not listen to yeah, the song. Yeah, this is to it's me. Castle's made a sand. It to me is one of his greatest achievements because of that. It's it's got that quality of being in, of telling those stories in such a in in a way that makes you like you saw a movie. Like I went and saw a movie. Oh, that yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, um, there's so much in there. Uh, really, right. just fantastic, incredible and, too. And his music just. Just, just you know, and the lyrics perfect, just the way it's perfect just, accompaniment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he actually did play Castles Made of Sand live. So I recall there's a um, mm-hmm. there's a there's a an album called Hendrix in the West, which is a there's live. So many live. Hendrix. Yeah, this was yeah, one of the OG yeah. ones. This is one that came out after he died, I believe, but it was um, made up of live recordings um, from the the. The experience, and I believe there's a live version of Castles Made of Sand on oh, there. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Wow, now that'd be that'd be. Interesting it's either Castle yeah. Made, it's either Castle Made of Sand or Little Wing. I can't remember, but it's on Hendrix in the West. All right. Well, now we get interestingly we get a Noel Redding song. Yeah. This, this one. Um, yeah. <laughs> no gets, gets to sing a song you wrote. Yeah, <laughs> that's just like on Electric Ladyland. There's a Noel All Redding right, well, tune. We have to. Yeah. It's on the record, so we have to listen to a little bit of. She's Contractually so fine. obligated to play. She's so okay. Fine. If we can't skip over it, fine. Here man. we go. Yeah. Well, it's it yes, yeah. Like he's responding to that, I believe for sure. Right? Yeah. 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 It's like a it's like a, a, a mashup of every mid sixties Brit pop. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is. Kind of yeah. Thing. It is. And you there's know, a, there's a track all... on um, what's the track on Electric Ladyland? There's a Noel Redding track where you go. Uh, oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, one. I have to confess though, I, I really like the bass 
line in this. I mean, oh, it's yeah, no yeah. song. If it but, were not on a Jimi Hendrix record, it would yes, be fine. Exactly. That's the <laughs> that, problem. That's, is that, it? It's yeah. smack dab in the middle of this masterpiece and yeah. the, and he does the same thing i guess he must have been you know he must have pressured management or whatever i want to get a song on yeah. here i write songs too. well i think so yeah there was that well unfortunately in this case it, they it, when they threw it against the wall it did stick uh sadly so it ended up on the album right right so, but <laughs> all right so know. now now we get one which terry let's listen to a little bit of it but i think there's some complex rhythm going on in this one you may okay. you may have a little uh i'm insight. i'm excited all right let's listen to a little bit of one rainy wish Lots of little parts in that one, um, but yeah. it starts off in three. It's basically three that, four times. I was going to ask because the chorus slow, is like four four, but it's not the four, whole It starts song. off in a, like a waltz time, like one two three, two yeah. two three. Um, but man, when he kicks in with "I've never laid eyes on you," it's just it just explodes. It just bursts open. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Hendrix just coming out of the the uh, from behind Jumps the stage. Out of the cake, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, you know what? Honestly, I I don't think Mitch knew. I don't think he found a groove with this song. I mean, in in the uh, in the ver well, I mean, in the chorus, it's just kind of obvious. He just did Mitch Mitchell stuff, right? Exactly, uh, yeah, Mitch yeah. Mitchell. But in the verse, it's it's just a sort of an odd syncopation, and and it, I get the feeling this just wasn't like a finished feel to it. Could be, and I yeah. Think he was yeah. probably struggling with it just a bit. <laughs> yeah, couldn't oh, okay. Quite okay. figure out. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I love pressure. what he does. There's pressure to yeah, like there's pressure it does to just sound do it. Odd. It is odd. So I was wondering what was going on. So yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he probably just couldn't. Sometimes you just can't quite find the groove 
maybe a, you know a little more time with it they probably could have but right. he could have but I, I just I just get the feeling with this that he in the verse you know is just he probably was not happy with it okay um, yeah well you know they, um, I don't think it doesn't seem like one they ever played live um, I also doubt it, I, I, I looked up the uh, the Noel Redding <clears throat> contribution to Electric Ladyland and it's Little Miss Strange and it's the one the first oh, yeah, track on side two where you go you know you lift the needle and move it over and <laughs> I know that's Noel again right and Hendrix right. Rain appears again in the next record um, he was in he was literally right down the road from where Rob and I are right now uh, in 1968 at the uh, Miami Pop Festival and they mm. were supposed to play in the afternoon, and it was uh, the Miami Pop Festival was not in Miami. It actually took place at the horse track in Hallandale at Gulfstream oh. Horse Track, and it, and it rained, of course, and it right? rained in it Florida in the afternoon, in right? Exactly. So he was stuck in the hotel, and he wrote a uh, 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 rainy day dream away while he was ah, sitting in the sitting in the hotel waiting to go um, to play at the quote-unquote Miami Pop Festival oh, in Hallandale, yeah. Florida. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, I did not know that. Yep. So cool. uh, this next one is... Coolest thing that ever happened in Hallandale, Florida. Probably. <laughs> by a thousand, <laughs> you know, second. factor of a thousand. Yeah, right. So the second to last song, uh, you got some of this uh, muted wah-wah thing that he would do a lot in this one, which is that uh, that's kind of... I, I feel like that's something that you hear, and then you hear a lot of other guitar players oh, lift yeah, it sure. yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's use, he uses the wah-wah as a... As a, as a, as a a speaking voice so it's got yeah, he, yeah. he yeah. was not just going wow 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 he's using it to enunciate a voice right so as phrasing yeah all right so let's do a little bit of little missing love Definitely, too, yeah. yeah. Providing a lot yeah. of harmonic interest in the tune. And this tune has a, a classic 60s gear shift in it where he just changes key, or, you know, suddenly. And, uh, uh, um, but when Hendrix does it, you know, it doesn't, you don't, he's, it's so good yeah. that you don't go, 
you don't notice it like you don't I, roll your eyes. You don't roll your <laughs> like eyes. Like a cheap trick does it sometimes. You're like, oh, right, again. Yeah. Or even the, well, beach, yeah. even the Beach Boys, you'd be like, oh, here comes the gear shift. Well, <laughs> even e- even when Cheap Trick doesn't do it, I roll my eyes. But oh, not a fan. There you go. Okay, well. <laughs> I saw him live. I, I, I saw him at the my whiskey. My wife and is I not a Cheap Trick fan you know, either. So we hot, take, have, hot take from Terry James. Right, there we go. It's like the loudest band I'd ever heard. But really? Anyway, um, right. uh, yeah, it, it's a whiskey. It's just a full complement of, of amps, and, and it just uh, it, it was mind-numbing after a while. So, right. Uh, um, yeah, for some reason you're I stayed too, for the whole show. Though, I think I think you're. I I, hate, I don't want to put this on you. That make this. Sure. I think you may be too old for Cheap Trick. I think you might have. You were be, you were too old for them yeah. when they were playing for you. So yeah. they were playing. Uh, I they was already. Playing, they were playing by for a year. Me. They were playing for me, who was born in '64. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. They were. No, yeah, they were. Yeah. Def- definitely. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, and I was like, I, I, you know, I, I can't do this. You're like, but, I know but, what, I know what these fucking people are doing. Yeah, <laughs> what is this? The guy throwing guitar picks out there. Can put your eye out. What are you doing? I mean, what is this? And that guy playing drums with a mustache and mustache. Come yeah. on. He was like my dad saying, "This, that's not music. Right. No, no, what are they playing? Oh, right. Yeah, what are they doing? What is this? My, Pop, my late father-in-law. Thelonious Monk. He never wrote a song. Any, he never wrote a melody in his life. And you're like, really? You're like, oh yeah. That's that was the, <laughs> everybody. Every generation has their you know That's their true. thing. All right. So now we get to the yeah, final well. song on the record. Uh, more so- sophisticated songwriting here. Yeah. Uh, just beautiful chords yep. and uh, beautiful album closer here. Let's listen to Bold as Love. Anger. He smiles, towering in shiny metallic purple armor. Green jealousy envy waits behind him. Her fiery green gown sneers at the grassy ground. Blue all the life-giving waters take her for granted. They quietly understand. Once happy turquoise armies lay opposite ready. But wonder why the fight is on. But the Song. I don't yeah. know if anyone ever talked about whether he was um, the way he describes the colors almost makes me wonder about you know this the phenomenon where 
called synesthesia, where people they see they certain musical like music will generate colors in their mind or words. You, oh, but that sounds like him, <laughs> right? Well, Nabokov, your your favorite author, was a synesthete, so words would generate colors in his oh, mind, and he would okay. write based on what colors the words. That sounds like it's in his wheelhouse. <laughs> it, it does. Maybe, I yeah. mean, because you think about how he sings. Yeah, and also in here, he takes a little dig at Donovan. Donovan, yes. <laughs> yeah, my, right. my mellow oh, in this well. case not, is not so yellow. That's fine. Brighten like me. <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead. Well, I, I think, to me, this song uh, is kind of, uh, among others, but it's 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 one of the perfect examples of the Jimi Hendrix experience. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. you've got a really tight uh, rhythmic foundation yeah and those guys are totally in sync yeah and then you have hendrix with his guitar and his vocals just kind of floating over the top of that yeah. staying right in beat with everything it, it's 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 just the way that they were defined you know that that beautiful foundation uh that rhythmic foundation and then hendrix free to just float over the top of that and, and that's and right do right. whatever you wanted and you know this these were recorded on four tracks yeah man you know bass drums guitar and vocals they have I to mean, bounce some things back and forth live. you have to yeah, yeah and you have to, 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 to overdub you have to bounce something onto another track or onto another machine yeah. and then um so you get a very limited amount of choices before things start to deteriorate in the right yeah. channel of this he's doing something amazing with his guitar he's playing what sounds like a keyboard part but he's playing very fast and he's strumming very fast and it sounds like something like that's being played on an organ right. but it's really just him yeah. strumming really fast him. on his guitar right. Uh, so, right no it is a beautiful little little signature and so I, I was going to ask because um, my wife and I were talking about this was um, just ask Axis Bold is Love who's who's the Axis what is the Axis just ask the Axis does anybody have yeah, a, yeah. a take on that uh well, I think the axis is sort of the 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 um, the cosmic uh, oracle okay. in a way for 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 Jimmy, okay. and uh, it, it's the touchstone of of where you get your answers and where you go maybe for guidance. Okay, just ask the axis. Just ask the axis because that that axis is like an intersection or like a like a place where two yeah. things like come together. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I didn't have. I don't have any too. idea. Yeah. Well, but uh, yeah. I mean, or it's just like a place. It's like a place of where where um, things are balanced, or where things are are, are uh, 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 two things come together in a in a harmonious way. Yeah, I I, I don't think it was an underground newspaper in Berkeley. I don't either. <laughs> But this, uh, yeah, this was a great record to talk about. I was really, I was surprised, honestly, I was surprised you picked this one, just because I don't know, I don't know what kind of record you'd pick. But uh, yeah. even even for a Hendrix fan, I would think, oh, maybe they'd pick the first one or they pick Electric Lady this Land. Is but the, this, this is, is really yeah, because this a is a great an, an, record. It, yeah. it is, it tends to be an outlier, even though it's got yeah. great songs on it. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's because the way the record starts, because it's a record that does not immediately slap you in the face and go this right. is a Jimi Hendrix experience record yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so it doesn't get the same amount of um, I think Lester Bangs famously dissed it really? uh, yeah he did yeah he, yeah, said, he did he, he said he did. like uh, Axis but like how, like after our experience like what what the fuck's up with that uh, you know yeah no he did he really dissed it, it, it he was, didn't it get it he like, didn't get it, it 
It's a what work of art because it's a work of art. I mean, it, it takes really a while. Is. I mean, all of his stuff is, but this it, it, it it's something you got to dig in. And I don't know, maybe it was just too personal for him because the word is that even Hendrix wasn't isn't crazy about it and didn't you know. Yeah, yeah. think about the about think the about the songs that are on here that are that you go, oh well, you know, Spanish Castle Magic, um, right. uh, Little Wing, if six was nine. Castles made of yeah. sand. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, right. It's great Bold stuff. I'm sure Hendrix, Hendrix probably might have been a little frustrated. He didn't have more time. He couldn't have explored a, a, yes. a little bit more. Probably. Uh, yeah. You know that that interview with Eddie and uh, and Chaz, uh, they they talked about how uh, uh, the the song "Axis Bold as Love." You know, went on for another five or six minutes. Yeah. Of Hendrix just oh, uh, right. just going off, you know, and uh, so probably it's a little frustration, but but I I, I I'm sure if if Jimmy was here, he would say he loved those songs. Oh, he yeah. loved what he was doing. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would um, hope so. Well, yeah, he you didn't know, li- he didn't trigger. live long enough to even be able to digest his to own, be able to look back yeah, at his, his own, own stuff. catalog. There was no look back. He was too close. Yeah, yeah you know, his stuff is just happening, and you're just like he just keeps moving and keeps as moving. Opposed, keeps as moving. opposed to people like us, that's all we could do is look right. Back that's all things. we got. That's all we're doing. Yeah, it's just a huge mirror. It was it was really great having you on the show. That I'm really great. We finally got to have you on. So Terry, we were joking about how it's hard to find a punk like me, but Ken, I mean. I really well, want to read it, and I'm having trouble <laughs> finding it. There's a reason. Yeah, so what happened was it, it uh, there was an edition that came out. They sold. Another one came out. They all sold. So I'm in talks right now with another publisher, Worldwide Distribution. I've re-edited the whole book, and uh, uh, so that's going along very well. Oh, I'm going to nice, do nice. an uh, audio version of it, and uh, it's just that with a few other things, you know, I just I just couldn't do it all at once. Uh, but but the book for me is important, and I wanted to be able to get it to a point where uh, this time it could have much better distribution and get out there. Uh, uh, you know, the, the same kind of thing with lots of color and you know high high quality uh, paper and all that kind of thing. Um, I just wanted to make sure that when I get back to that and I'm able to do it, I do it right. And uh, honestly, uh, I uh, in in concert with with some other people. But but the next time around, I just want a publishing house to deal with it, right, take right, care of yeah, it, right. go with it, That's and make it available smart. to That's everybody. So all yeah. right, but so in, it's, it's coming out. In the meantime, people year. could find uh, your really cool. Uh, right now, it's just mass, but you're going to expand to other things. What, but, what Rob was really saying was, if you've just got a copy lying around, he would love <laughs> for you. Yeah, he'd really to wants. It. He really wants well, to read. Maybe it. can you read? You have to send a PDF. He can read a PDF. I guarantee. Okay, he can do the PDF. Right. Maybe I'll do that. I'll sort him out. Yeah. All right, but uh, if you want to check that. out if you want to check out the mass uh, that Terry's making right now, you can go to t- Terry Wear Clothing. That's Terry W E A Terry Wear Clothing. Clothing. Dot com. Yeah, all of those the uh, illustrations. Uh, Judith Bell and I have been talking about this for a little while, and uh, they're all her original, now iconic illustrations. And uh, I, I I just placed the order to get the remaining four uh, songs off of Fire of Love. Onto face mask, and oh, so they're nice, coming nice. at the end of this awesome. month. Awesome! So I'll uh, be able fantastic. to have a whole set. All right. And right. Uh, yeah, they're they're really nice. They're actually a lot better quality than I thought they would be. <laughs> See, uh, they even exceeded your expectations. You know, that's good. yeah, they did. Well, they did. So you I'm probably, happy that's, about that. People like us, we have low expectations, though, Terry. That's the that's a good thing about. Yeah, it. I, there you go. It's everything's going to be. I, I did yeah. everything I could. It's just <laughs> uh, I even uh, you know put a picture of. Uh, 
of my son, my my bulldog son Buster, uh, wearing one of them on the, uh, <laughs> yes, that's on the right. website. And a that's shout awesome. out to him and Gus and and their long suffering uh, godmother Corey. So. I'm sure they're all they'll all be very happy to hear themselves. Yeah, sure all, be all right. So that's yeah. TerryWearClothing.com. Thanks again, Terry, for being a guest. Yeah, man, that was Barry, great. Thank you, guys. Week, Barry, next week we're doing uh, probably one of our favorite records ever. One of my right? fa- yeah, it's in my top. I, I would I I couldn't put it. I couldn't move it away from number one, but maybe a co number one with right. one of my favorite albums. All of right. all time but we're doing the clash london calling yes. was uh with that record got me high super patron tom lowry three-time loser tom lowry super right patron isn't, tom he, lowry isn't this is his third his third appearance i believe three times the charm no he's great he's a great guest we he love is him. and he's a patron of the show and you can become a patron too by going to patreon.com forward slash trgmh we're gonna have a new patron curated episode announcement coming soon not Very yet soon. not ready yet but soon we're going to announce another yeah. one we're going to do yeah. don't forget Instagram uh, and Twitter at that record got me high on Facebook.com that record got me high and also that Facebook group got me high that's and right and what else should they do Barry they should subscribe subscribe and share share with your friends if you like the show us, yeah, you like the really show share it on social media if you don't like the show share it on social media we don't care any good P- any PR is good PR so that's true if you don't like the show Email Terry, maybe. He sounds like he could take it. He's tough. <laughs> yeah. Email well, me. Well, or no, I, I or can you, take it. You can email us at our, our email address is heyassholes at thatrecordgotmehigh.com. There you go. And uh, send all your complaints or all your compliments. There you go. We appreciate it. All right, Terry, thanks again for being a guest. Once yeah, again, thanks, guys. Loved is, it. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. We are That Record Got Me High. We'll see you guys next week. We are out. Listen to